This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about that? You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. It's time for another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's episode 44, the Eric Davis edition. On today's show, Christopher and Michael bring along very special guests, Carm Mayorano and Matt Williams of rotafanatic.com. We'll be here to talk about the brand new stat machine, the Data Monster, along with the Padres moves this week and the fantasy implications of those trades. We'll close the show with the December rotafanatic.com mock draft results, taking a look at the trends and changes and the fantasy implications heading into 2021. Take it away, boys! Ah, yes, welcome in. It's the Hey, it's Plazo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you aboard on the second to last day of 2020. We got a jam-packed episode filled with content galore. We've got guests, we've got trades, we've got mock draft breakdowns, and of course, we'll ask some stupid-ass questions. So that's what I do. I like to do that. Uh, Christopher Deary is back with me. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm back. It's great to see you, Mike. Uh... I didn't even realize tomorrow was New Year's Eve. I was talking to my wife earlier, and she's like, yeah, she's like, are we going to have John over tomorrow? I'm like, what? What? It's New Year's Eve tomorrow? Man, 2020 flew by. Yeah, it sure did. And uh, good friggin' ridden. That's what I say. But uh, we are joined by my fellow Roto Fanatic compatriots today. Matt Williams and Carms Mayorano is in the house. Matt, we finally got you on the show. Uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. I really feel like we've done so many pods, it's not even that big a deal. But here you are on the Enrico Palazzo podcast. You know, it's funny. I like... Watch your, I watch, listen to your show all the time. We do shows with you all the time. And I've never actually met Chris, but I feel like I watch the show all the time. I feel like I've been on this. So until me and him just literally met, I'm like, oh, yeah, we haven't actually met. How about that? Yeah, that is kind of bizarre. <laughs> and we know Carm Arano, uh, my Rota Fanatic buddy here. Carm, it's almost 2021. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling really excited? You got a lot in the hopper, man. You are a busy dude. 
I am feeling excellent. Baby on the way, just got the new house. You know, 2020 was a pretty bad year by most accounts, but definitely had a few bright spots, so I can't complain. But I am excited for a fresh start in a few days. Yay! That's what I like to hear. Well, I'll tell you, speaking of fresh starts, uh, we're going to officially announce, uh, it's not that big a deal, it doesn't really change much, but uh, the Plausible Podcast will be a part of rotofanatic.com and the Rotofanatic Podcast Network, if you will which includes Turn 2, and now the Palazzo Pod. So we figured we'd have on my Rota Fanatic pals, Matt and Carm, to kind of have that feel, that flavor, that theme. And the show will remain the same. We'll have quality guests. We'll talk fantasy baseball. We'll have some fun. We'll keep it loose and simple. But, uh, you know, really, it's just a formality more than anything. I work hey, around. Hey, celebrate. You have a new soundboard. Shouldn't you have one of those DJ, like, hype horns? Like, wah, 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 like one of those things? <laughs> Uh, I got this one. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a way to ring out 2020. Not, not quite what I was aiming for, but okay. okay. Oh, you're so obsessed with this. This is great. Zach Morris is trash. Yeah, I mean, there's just a bunch of buttons I can press and weird things come out of it. But yeah, I do. I actually, it comes with a laughter and like applause button, but I deleted them because they were kind of lame. I need a better applause button, Matt. You're right. And I'm going to get on that. But this thing, uh, this is going to. I have so much work to do with this still. Learning the the processing, and the, I got one of these Roadcaster Pro studios. For those of you listening, it's uh, pretty cool. And if you're into podcasting, you want to take it to another level, it's worth it. Uh, just make sure you ask your friend if he has one in his closet because it might save you a couple bucks. Uh, that's just something I learned recently. I may and- or may not have one sitting in my closet. <laughs> Anyways, you can reach us at Palazzo Podcast Two L's Two Z's Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. We're here, rocked. We're rocked. I don't even know what that means. That means a lot of things, actually. Um, we're not rocked. We're loaded and jam-packed with trade talks and actual executions. AJ Preller is a popular dude, and I'm so excited for this pod because I've, I just want to talk about these trades, and I haven't had a chance to do that. So we're going to get into that. And don't forget, you go to rotofanatic.com. We've got the data monster. We're pushing this thing because it's going to help you in 2021. It's going to make a difference. It's a cute little furry guy with one eyeball, but inside... Inside the data monster is a load, a load of many different pieces of information, and it's only going to get better. We're going to be adding historical stats to it soon so we can do more comparisons, but it's got prospects. It's got pitching leaderboards, hitting leaderboards with deep analytical stats that are going to help you probably win your league in 2021 if you take the time to use it. So go to rotafanatic.com and use the data monster. Baby. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, Carm. Yeah. One is the data monster. T- tell people why you love the data monster. All right. So the data monster is the equivalent of Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girl's hair and all the secrets she keeps in her hair. All of the secrets for fantasy baseball are in the data monster. Everything you can want from XL Woba, um, um, expected, uh, inspe- expected swinging in and out of the zone, just like a ton of things that our um, our good friend Palomino is working on the prospect comparisons are just they're all incredible, so you definitely oh, need to oh, check them out. Over under twenty five percent of the audience who got that reference over under. Uh, absolutely over. <laughs> mean Girls is a top five movie of all time. All time, I believe so. Yes, and uh, I <laughs> I love Mean Girls. They turned it into a musical, right? It's like a play on Broadway now. It was such a big hit. So you have to twist my arm. <laughs> Or you can if you want to. Anyways, yes, the Data Monster Rotofanatic.com. We're very proud of it. It's just getting going. It's going to be big in 2021. We're so excited. So, all right, I'll stop talking about next year. We're still in this year, and we had a big week that was. So why don't we dive into leading off? 
Okay, so, I mean, if you've not been paying attention, if you've been celebrating Christmas for too long and you're already celebrating New Year's, maybe you missed this, but we had Blake Snell who was traded. The Padres have been super busy this week with three key moves, the Yu Darvish trade and signing Ha Song Kim. I think I might butcher that. I feel bad, Mr. Kim. I apologize, but he's the shortstop. And now I'm getting a vibe that the Padres are the super team of 2021. But let's start with the Snell trade. You know, the Rays got a nice haul in return, too, so I don't want to dismiss that. But opening remarks, uh, let's start with you, Carm, because I haven't got a big response from you yet. I want to hear your thoughts on the Snell deal. Absolutely, yeah. Overall, I think it's more or less a lateral move. Um, I would say the ballparks, you know, are pretty much pretty consistent. Of course, he has cores now in the NL West, but overall they seem pretty much the same. He might face weaker lineups, you know, obviously the Yankees and the Red Sox. And the Jays are all going to have pretty excellent lineups, whereas in the West, you're looking at the Diamondbacks, who have a very average lineup. Same with the Giants at this point. So maybe he's facing weaker lineups. He's probably got a little bit of a worse infield defense. And um, overall, though, just like the injury risk is still scary to me. Like I, That's hard to take on as your back-end SP1, top-end SP2, just given that we don't know how long he's going to last for the whole season. You are fake news. I don't buy it. But, hey, that's just my opinion. It doesn't mean I know everything. No, there's some of that was true. <laughs> I don't mean to dismiss you completely. But also on rotofanatic.com, we have park factors done by our very own Crosby Spencer. So some of these moves and how they'll impact these players in their new parks could be very useful to you. So check that out as well. Matt, I, you've been talking all week. You've been on the CBS pod this week. I mean, that's, like, huge. I mean, yeah, woo! I wish I had the applause uh, button, which I don't have anymore. But that was I mean, we're so proud of you, man. Rota Fanatic. It's a huge step forward, and CBS is as big as it gets, in my opinion. Everybody's who got into business generally grew up on CBS pods. So, having said that, what else can you say about the Blake Snell deal? Not really. I, I mean, the, leaving Tampa Bay, you no longer have the five inning BS that they're going to be putting on him. Theoretically, that should go away. Except they've—he's been on that leash for so long. It's not like the innings are just all of a sudden going to appear. They will maybe long term, but for 2021, as far as redraft. It's not like he's going to go from being short, short, short to being stretched out to 180 or 200. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, probably lateral, as Carmen said. But, yeah, I mean, 2018, shoulder problems. Uh, never had surgery on that. And then 2019, um, you know, had a oh, – he actually had surgery previously to get bodies taken out of his elbow, which isn't uncommon for pitchers. But then he had a shot in his arm, and then he complained of elbow soreness this year. It's it's just bad. He put that together with Lamette. Who knows? Maybe they got Darvish and Snell because Lamette's already hurt. You know, Clevenger's already hurt. I mean, good luck getting all four of these guys on the field, let alone two at a time. I mean, what are the chances of uh, of Snell, Lamette, and Darvish all making it to opening day? I hope they do. You know, knock on wood. But, I mean, what are they thinking out there in San Diego? Although, Preller, right? He's a genius. Since he's been there four years, five years, how long has he been there? Four or five-ish years. Yeah. He's made like 29 trades, and he still has a top-five farm system. So you can't fault him for building up this juggernaut he did. I mean, he's doing it in an incredible way. Um, if he had to take on these guys and it was the only way to do it with the injury proneness, then I guess I can, you know, it's it's not like they're making an insane amount of money. Darvish is making 20, but Snell's not making much at all. So I don't know. I don't see it working out. Does the, the person who wins the offseason ever win anything else? I don't get it. <laughs> Preller is like Jerry DePoto, but good. 
Oh, wow. Come on. He's kind of the anti-Dombrowski. He builds a winner without totally dismantling the farm system. Hey, 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 hey. We're Tigers fans here. We don't like that kind of talk on the... uh... Hey, yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. He forgot. He usually leaves you with like a present, like a championship, and then and then leaves. You guys almost got there. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. Maglio Ordonez, the good old days. <laughs> oh, God. That was so long ago now. I know. We've well, been what? in hell forever now. Hey, you're in good shape, man. I, lo- I love the young team you guys got together. You guys have a good manager, good core pitchers. Love it. True. That's a very positive spin from an outsider. We'll take that here on the. Uh... Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Chris, real quick, bottom line. Blake Snell, what about the other part of this deal? You know, Luis, Luis Patino, what about Francisco Mejia? Are you giving up on him? Yeah, I mean, this is what the Rays do is a guy gets to his ceiling and then they ship him off. Um, I was not surprised that Snell went to the Padres. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Rays here in a minute. Uh, Patino got a short stint up in the majors this year. Obviously, he's a short guy, but he really fired up that arm. To He's throwing 97 to 100, and he's only six feet tall. Um, I think you're going to see him this year. He's got electric stuff. Um, I don't think he breaks out anytime soon, but you we've been able to see what the Rays do with these these young pitchers, and he'll probably turn into a superstar, and then they'll get rid of him. But uh, yeah, AJ Preller, this guy's just like yeah, like like you said, it's Dombrowski, but still an amazing farm system. You trade away two catchers, and you still have Luis Camp- Campioso, uh, and you know you trade for Austin Nola last year. Uh, it's it, it's amazing what Preller's been able and to Victor do. Caratini now, baby. Yeah, and they get Caratini uh, from the Cubs, so you know. Padres are going to be a beast. I think their offense is going to be what's carrying them, and I think they had to make moves like this. But the big question is going to be health. Can Blake Snell's arm hold up? Can he pitch into the seventh inning? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Those high pitch counts have really, really gotten to him. I don't think it's just because the Rays were holding back on him. I, I, I think there's some issues there. So, so we'll see. And I'm interested to talk about Darvish as well. He's brutal. Third time through the order. I think he has like a near five ERA. Third time the way through. Absolutely. Yeah. Look. I think we're all a little tired of the, hey, in 2022, rotation tweets. You know, yes, the Padres <laughs> may. But we it's, it's way so way too far ahead. We have no idea when that'll actually happen, if it'll ever happen, seeing Clevenger and Lament and everybody together. And then Trevor Bauer signs, and it's this heavenly rotation for years ahead. Why don't we chill on the projection tweets? I don't even like to rush out a tweet on deals unless I know they're for sure. I know everybody wants to be first, and it's a common thing. It's like, well, I'm going to wait because sometimes deals fall apart, and then you look like an – I don't know. I just don't like to look like that. I think it's, it's better more to, be, to be right. Yes, I, I actually I'm sorry. I have a, I do have a principle or two. But as far as the Cubs, I know, Carm, you're bummed out. They're selling. It's over. It's probably been over and you were just kind of living a lie. But you know, <laughs> you're a fan. that's what fans do. Right. Well, we dream the little dream and sometimes they don't always come true. But Victor Caratini now, I'm actually interested with Nola being there already. How does this impact both of them? Because I liked Nola. They got him from Seattle and the flurry of trades they made during the short 2020 season. But now Nola's got Caratini there, and Caratini's bat is something I like as well. What's your take on that situation? Yeah, so, you know, I've seen Caratini a ton. He's Darvish's personal catcher, so you know he's going to catch him every five days. He also relieved Rizzo at first quite a bit this past year. And if you look at his Twitter bio, it says he also plays third base. So if he uh, maybe he can substitute in for Machado every once in a while. But uh, in all seriousness, you know, he had a really rough 2020 at the dish. Uh, I think one homer um, below average WRC plus. Everybody with the C on their jersey did, by the way. But yeah, whoa, yeah. Besides Jason yeah. Hayward. Jason Hayward, yeah, 130 Ian, WRC Ian, Hap, Ian Hap did okay. Yeah. True, true. 
Um, but overall, you know, I wouldn't expect Caratini to be fantasy relevant unless you're looking, you know, unless we get some word that he's going to start, you know, a couple times behind the plate and then maybe DH if there's a DH. I mean, maybe you take a dart throw on him in a two-catcher league at the back end of your drafts. But other than that, I don't really see him being too relevant. I would bet on him just being Darvish's catcher and that's it. Really? I'm, I mean, you know, he'll fill in every once in a while, but as an everyday role, I think that's his role. I think they acquired him because you had to. <laughs> I mean, I, it yeah. started in 2019. I mean, Caratini goes with Darvish. They're stapled together. Remember when Wakefield, didn't he come out of retirement? One, or he, he, he came back and the Red Sox actually brought a catcher out of retirement to catch him once. <laughs> I can't remember. I remember them driving him to the stadium. He got out of a cab. It was like live on ESPN. It was very awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, our buddy Chris from Baseball Pods was trying to hype up Caratini today, I think. I like, saw that. And I'm like, you know, that's cool, but I don't know if there's a lot of validity to that. We'll leave there because I don't want to spend the show talking about Victor Caratini. I do want to give credit to AJ Preller. AJ Preller's come a long way from being suspended back in 2016 when he did not supply proper medical reports in a trade with the Red Sox. So looks like he's grown up, he's matured, and now he's being more on the up and up. And this is a guy who has set the tone for a franchise that says, hey, Dodgers, we're coming for you. And I dig it. I like right. it a lot. In a, and I think we all can agree, unless I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think we can all agree that having a team get aggressive and go for it in this period of incredible um, tightness with money and COVID and everything is kind of refreshing. Fully agree. You, credit to them for going for it. They're the anti-Cubs right now. So I might, I already have a paddock jersey. I might just go out and buy a hat next. Who knows? <laughs> so I, so I got to ask Carm, what's the next chip that's going to fall in Chicago? I mean, you got these three big free agents coming up in 2022. Who's the next guy to go? The next guy? I mean, that we've seen, you know, Bob Nightingale say that Contreras is being shopped and then Hoyer completely denied that. So <laughs> I don't believe anything Nightingale says. But um, I don't think Baez will be shopped. I don't think Rizzo will be shopped. So that leads me to believe that if they can get any sort of value for KB, I think he's going to be out the door soon. I mean, given the return we got for Darvish, I mean, you would obviously get even less for Bryant. And I think that that deal is probably out there somewhere for a contender who wants to win. You know what? As a Mets fan, this is my worst nightmare. But this is what I see happening after the Josh Bell trade. I think Bryant and Real Muto, because the Phillies are too cheap, I think that maybe they get Contreras from the Cubs. Um, I, I see the Nationals ending up with like Real Muto and Bryant on the cheap, and they'll end up with this freaking super team. It'll be it'll be a nightmare. <laughs> Speaking of oh people, man, the Padres rotation is one of the top five in baseball now, or no? Yeah, top five. Yeah, top five. Yeah, probably top. Well, if healthy, top three. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. By opening day, probably top eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can it be top? Five throughout the whole season. That'll be the big question. Well, who's their who's their five starter right now? Lucchese? Lucchese, Morahone. Morahone. Gore. I mean, Gore. I mean, every what let oh, me shit. I, I mean if you're a prospect and you weren't called up in twenty twenty, yeah. You probably are trash. What's wrong with Gore? <laughs> Everyone was called up. I'm legitimately worried. What was wrong? Everyone was called up. People in A ball were called up. Zach Morris is trash. I mean, and they're obviously aggressive, so why wouldn't they want to give him some innings or something? I mean, I, they brought up everyone what? else. Patino was up. More, I mean, everyone was up. They just didn't bring Gore up. It wasn't even discussed. Everybody's prospects was pushing his name like, oh, he'll come, he'll come, he'll come. In August, everybody thought, you know, Tristan McKenzie came up, but you're right, Gord never made it. Well, 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 in the beginning, right, everyone thought, in the beginning, no one thought prospects would come up, right? No oh, one expected yeah. what happened, but everyone thought Gore would be up. 
Right. <laughs> it's just yeah. weird. Sorry, Carm. Go ahead. No, no worries. And I think it's telling that the Rays, you know, they got Patino. Do you think they tried to get Gore or were they like, no, we actually want Patino over Gore? And if the Rays wanted Patino over Gore, that makes me think maybe Gore isn't everything that he's hyped up to be. It's hard to say without him actually playing baseball last year. I, I will say this. I still believe in Gore, but Nick Pollock, pitcher list, he does not like Mackenzie Gore. He doesn't. No, very, very adamantly and publicly does not like Mackenzie Gore. He also does not like Denelson Lamette either. So I love I Lamette guess. either. I know. I'm with him on that one. Yeah, same with Simeon. I think you know, Lamette was a uh, – I didn't like him. His, his, he was skyrocketing before he got hurt, and I still would have kept his value down for 2021. I'm not a fan. I just don't I don't buy it. I don't believe the hype. But, hey, on the hands of Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast that is presented by Roto Fanatic, we are here to supply you with fantasy baseball information. And as we continue along forward with the hot stove, ah, that stove is hot this week. Woo! Watch out. I need a I need a sound effect of a steaming pan. That's what I need. Uh, Hi, Sung Kim. I don't know as much about him. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been watching him overseas, so I'm not going to give you a detailed breakdown. I do know that the Padres have a lot of talent, and I put this in the doc because it reminded me of the, the Reds did last year when they brought over Shogo Akiyama, and they kind of loaded up. They're just like, oh, we got all these guys, and it'll all work itself out, and it didn't. Now, I'm not saying that's the same case here, but the Padres are loading up, and now there's like too many players for all the positions they have, even with the DH. So I wonder, Matt, how do you view this signing? Do you want they, you think they're using him as like a reserve, or do they have bigger plans? Oh no, he's starting at second for sure. Um, no I think this is two things. I mean, if they, if there's a DH, there's not a huge problem. Plus, Fam and Myers, one of them are probably going to be injured at some point, and there's injuries even to healthy teams. It'll work itself out. Cronenworth is, from a fantasy standpoint, maybe a little screwed here. Um, you can't really draft him where he's going with the amount of playing time he's currently guaranteed maybe this tips your hand of what they really think of Cronenworth although they haven't really said what's really happening but they have confirmed he won't be going to the outfield they've said that publicly a lot of people were trying to put him out there they said he'll be you know a super utility guy so yeah as it stands right now Cronenworth seems to be the odd man out but Kim looks like he's yeah he's locked in I don't think he would have signed there without a guarantee of uh of starting yeah I mean I put together a projection for him a few weeks ago and I think you know he's got 20 homer potential with maybe double digit stolen bases and like a 270 average, which, you know, is pretty good nowadays. Um, but he's not going to hit higher than like seventh or eighth in the lineup with how stacked the Padres are. And even, so if you, even if he does play every day, the counting stats aren't going to be where you want them to be. Well, he is a stolen base threat. Stole 23 bases and 33 bases his last two years in the KBO. And he was only caught six times out of all those attempts. That's pretty good. He's so- like the anti Dylan Moore then. <laughs> oh, why? I, I've it, said this a, with Matt. Dylan Moore eventually comes up on the show. It's like clockwork. It's crazy. No, I, I've said this a couple times already, but they they replaced um, they they replaced um, Jerickson Profar on the team with Kim. At least his roster spot. He's Profar's a free agent now. He had a good year last year, and as far as projections go, they're going to perform pretty similarly. I'm I'm just not sure why they. I mean, Kim's an odd fit for them. He's not playing his natural position, and they didn't need to spend this money. It's just, it was weird to me. Uh, other teams had a bigger need. He didn't make that much money, which again, I'm surprised that maybe like, you know, Blue Jays or someone didn't jump up there and get Kim. Uh, but yeah, I, like you said, uh, when he was, like Carm was saying with the bats, seventh or eighth, I don't see him going any higher, even if he's hitting well. It's a good lineup. So he's destined to be severely overdrafted. Yeah. I think, um, I think Kim might be slightly better at bat to ball, you know, contact quality skills than Profar. 
but I don't think it's enough to warrant, you know, complete, like basically getting rid of Profar to sign Kim. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't even saying maybe keep Profar instead of Kim. It's more like you said, uh, the batting average will be higher with Kim, but overall you, there's not going to be a noticeable difference hitting at the bottom of the lineup there. I mean, how many more right. hits is he going to get? Yeah. Chris, what do you think of Will Myers? Are you expecting a repeat of what happened in the 2020 season? Well, it's one of those things, you know, I was listening to Matt earlier on uh, the CBS podcast and he was talking about, you know, certain guys that you throw out 2020 and certain guys that you buy in on 2020. I was not buying in on Will Myers whatsoever coming into 2020 and he really had a huge bounce back. Um, He's certainly going to be motivated because this team is going to be, this team's going to be hot stuff this year. And uh, if he can repeat, you know, half of what he did last year in the 60 games, I think he's going to have some nice value. I'll be really interested to see where he goes. I think he could be all over the place in ADP for a lot of these drafts. And, uh, you know, same thing with Kim. I think it's going to be one of those hot names. Oh, Kim, the new guy coming in. And there's going to be people that reach for him. This guy's coming to the major leagues. He hasn't faced major league pitching. I know in the KBL there's some good stuff out there. But uh, I'll be interested to see where he goes. I'll probably be avoiding just because it's the newness that, that will scare me. I think we, by the way, for this real quick, uh, it's called the Randy Rosarina effect. Anytime somebody comes on the scene real fast and makes an impression and you're impressed in like a really hurried way, it's the Randy Rosarina effect. That's what I'm calling it from now on. No, it's it's hard to, other than the superstars, Tatis and uh, Machado, it's hard to draft the, the Padres in general because we mentioned that Kim's probably seventh or eighth. We don't know. Grisham, people think, is going to bat leadoff. He batted, you know, eighth or ninth routinely. Um, and, you know, we don't know what the Padres are going to do. So, so much of, especially Grisham, who's going earlier, and Kim, who's going probably earlier than he should, and a, a guy like Myers, a guy like Hosmer. Yeah, there you, you know, you, can, you you have an idea of where they're going to go. But, I mean, this at the very top of the lineup on a daily basis is very up in the air, and it's very likely to change. Yeah, Hosmer's the guy that I would be most excited about in that situation where I would feel most confident that he'd probably still be in the four or five-ish range or maybe top mm-hmm. six at worst. But, you know. We'll see. You're right. There's so much to unpack and unfold here. It's barely January as we record this podcast on December 30th, and it's the Blazo Podcast. Uh, I want to go a quick shout-out to Zach from the Draft Champions Podcast. Uh, Draft Champions does a baseball league of fantasy that will have us. I will be involved. Matt is also going to be in this league this year, so I'm really excited to be a part of it. Represent the Plaza Podcast, represent Roto Fanatic, and wanted to give Zach a shout-out. So thank you very much for the invite, Zach, and we'll be talking more about that as 2021 unfolds all right lastly what about the alvarado trade uh it's one of the minor it's a minor deal in my opinion but alvarado could really solidify the bullpen which was god awful in a short season for the phillies uh carm what's your take on this yeah i think some people thought right away that he would just slide in to be the closer just given how porous that bullpen is but truthfully i don't really see him as a closer the last time he was actually pretty good was in 2018 i think he had like a 24 percent k minus bb rate but then in 2019, he was injured with an oblique injury and an elbow injury. And then 2020, uh, he had a kid and then he had left shoulder inflammation. And, you know, with the pandemic and everything, it's hard to say where people's heads are at. And then you add in, you know, a huge life event, you know, on top of it. It's kind of just like maybe he will return to that 2018 form. But in, uh, right now he's a dart throw, but who knows how high up he gets in, um, you know, in ADP when, the, uh, when we turn to 2021. Whereas, you know, I still feel like. Hector Neris is a closer. Yeah, he had a really tough 2020, but it was a small sample, of course. And he show, he's shown in 2018, 2019, he can be a somewhat reliable closer. And people are overlooking that fact. So I feel like that he's probably the incumbent closer until they sign someone else or he's just terrible again. Where that, you know, in that case, you would obviously just cut him. Oh, well, that's kind of sad, isn't it? I mean, 
Jose Alvarado, I'm rooting for you this year. I love Dave Dombrowski. He's always going to have a special place in my heart, even though he did not win us a World Series. But we all know his routine. He's going to sell the farm to get studs who can make a difference right now. So Spencer Howard, be on alert. Alex, <laughs> I think you're safe. But Spencer Howard, I'd be a little concerned if I were you. Uh, any other comments on the Alvarado deal? Was there anything deeper in this deal that anybody wanted to mention? Because otherwise, I don't really care. That was about as deep as it gets. I mean, <laughs> in general, though, I wouldn't if, if anyone's drafting early, I wouldn't invest much in Alvarado. Just there's there's gotta be I think there's still six free agent pitchers, a few that will not be making much money that would close over him the second the Phillies sign him. I'm Archie Brad I'm not even talking about Hendricks. I mean Colomay's out there. I mean oh, Archie Brad Bradley's Brad Hand Hansen's out there yeah, too. Yeah, Milan, there's a ton of guys that would that would close or co close. So you know, don't don't go crazy with Alvarado. It's probably not gonna work out. Yeah, he's someone who's going to have to prove something. Obviously, he's got some electric stuff, but he can't keep control of anything. Obviously, with a with a walk rate of six per nine is not going to help you out. But yeah, I mean, that, like Mike said, this is what Dombrowski is going to do. He's going to try to do everything. He's actually trying to solidify a bullpen, which is what he never did in Detroit. So we'll see if it works out with Alvarado. Yeah, throw throw Alvarado into the data monster on Roto Fanatic and put on some sunglasses, or you'll go blind. It's 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 it's, it's ugly. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! All right, cool. I got to tell you, Jose Alvarado, I'm rooting for you in Philly. All right, moving on. Finally, uh, Hansel Robles. To, I don't know why I did the Hansel like that. Hansel Robles to the Twins. Good job, Twins. This is what the Twins do. They pick up cheap arms. They, they kind of just collect, and they never sell the farm. Yeah, I think it's a solid move. I thought Robles, he looked a little rough when 2020 started. His velocity was down, but after he was removed from the closer's role, which was – you know, he really earned it. He blew a bunch of saves early on for them. And the Angels actually could have maybe snuck into the playoffs with a few blown losses there early on in the season. But bottom line, Matt, Hanzo Robles is a guy that you, I could, you, we talked about this in the preseason last year about team previews. Pick up guys deep in drafts, take a flyer for closers. Is this that situation again? I'm very biased. This is a bad person to bring up. Um, he, his trademark is pointing straight up like it's a pop-up and it's a 500 foot grand slam victor hansel robles is not to be trusted he is he is bad and anything any and all the uh, you know he's bad he's bad you can be bad and be a closer uh but no 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 he also won't be closing for the twins same reason alvarado won't be closing i mean the twins are legitimately going to compete unlike the phillies i gotta think they're going to end up with a better situation than relying on Robles. I think it's a good pickup for them as just a baseball team if you use them correctly, but you cannot rely on throwing him into high leverage situations. Last year, I mean, bias aside, last year he actually had some arm issues. His velocity was way down. So other things were afoot other than him just not doing well. So, you know, I don't know if he's completely healthy this second, but in 2020 certainly wasn't. Okay. Uh, anybody else on Robles or could we move forward? He's not Clippert or Romo, right? He's not 35 or 37 years old. That's true. <laughs> if that's a positive, yeah, you're digging deep, but I'll take what's it. Roma, what's Romo up to? About 90% sliders? <laughs> <laughs> he's, eventually, he's going to go back in time with whatever he's doing. He's going to be in a wiffle ball league in the next like year. <laughs> he's, he's like, like Manny Powers. Ramirez of Fruit Leavers. Oh, Sergio. <laughs> playing anywhere. Uh, by the way, uh, Tomoyuki Sagano is still going to sign eventually. He's a pitcher coming over, and 
it's not official yet. Nothing's been done, but that's something to keep an eye on to see where he lands. He could be. Uh, I sw- like him, by the way. I, hold on. You say I like him, blindly like him. You said, uh, Kim, I'm not going to pretend like I'm out there scouting the KBO or, or the Japanese leagues like Alex uh, Fast is, but everything I read about this guy is great, and the projections are insane. I mean, you don't know what to expect coming over, but um, it's pretty consistent that people think that he can come in and be a mid-rotation guy at least. You know, people. some people are expecting loftier expectations, but if you're expecting a three – um, and you miss out on Bauer. I mean, I you know he's a he's a guy that probably won't cost much at all, and uh, it seems like a sound investment. I'm surprised that you. I think the the rumors are like five teams in on him. I'm just. I mean, in the, if anyone's looking for a pitcher, you think like Mets? 15 teams should be on this guy. You know, I know the Mets. The Mets, I know the Mets are one of them. Yeah, I mean, I would. If they went. I would rather go Odorizzi and Sagano than uh, than Bauer personally. Um, so the, you know, cause obviously George Springer and the have other things in their, in their minds to add to the team too, but yeah, rather than spend, what does Bauer want? 40? $600 billion or something. <laughs> he wants a bill. Garrett Cole got 324. I don't think that's that crazy. But. I think, I think, uh, MLB trade rumors, who's usually pretty good, uh, projected him at four one twenty eight, and he wants six, 200. He wants, yeah. He wants like thirty six mil a year. He wants to be Cole's AAV. Yeah, nope. just dream on, buddy. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the no. The Cubs just traded you Darvish for no offense, nothing. Um, and it's because no other team was okay. interested in taking on twenty million dollars. They actually had to kick in money. So yeah, Bauer, you ain't getting thirty six million. Darvish, you barely beat Darvish. You know, for the Cy Young Award. It's the worst year to be a free agent. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. The timing is bad. It's been getting getting worse every year, and now with COVID, it just put a hammer on it. Locked in the coffin. You, sorry, Mr. Bauer. I like your pitching. I don't know about you as a person, but you're not going to get the money you think you're going to get. No matter I think how someone much- will panic, right? You know, hey, you know, what, what was that? I think someone will panic, like the Angels. You do? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they, they really need to, before Trout, before Trout loses it, which it happens. You remember how good Pools was, just all of a sudden – you're just not who you were. I don't expect that anytime soon for Trout, but they need to do something. Yeah, well, we live with Miguel Cabrera every day here, so we understand. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. All right. Um, <laughs> Arm, you got a final comment on that? I was just going to say, Sagano would have been a perfect guy for the Cubs to target if they weren't trying to tank. <laughs> yeah. Perfect like number four starter we you desperately needed. Yeah. You said that three weeks ago. I've been like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, I loved when they were shopping Darvish and they were like, the Cubs are looking for an experienced pitcher to add to the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> dumb. Very, very dumb. Sorry, Carm. You know, hey, you won a World Series. At least you got that in your back pocket. That's right. We should have sold high at, after the 2018 season. That's what I said all along. No one listened to me. Stein Darvish, and now he's gone. I saw a T-shirt with the entire roster of that team. I think you guys got four players left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like KB, Javi, Rizzo, and Hayward. Hendricks. Oh, Hayward. Yeah. Oh, Hayward's there till death. I think you guys dumped uh, most of your players quickly, more quickly than the Philadelphia Phillies did after they won their title in 09. But That's not saying much, though. Oh, well, they kept that team together for playoff runs into 2013, but whatever. Anyways, uh, this show is not about playoff runs. It's not about keeping teams together. It's the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by Roto Fanatic. We're part of the Roto Fanatic podcast team where you can also hear Turn 2. Matt Williams right here. Hey, Matt, what's coming up on Turn 2 soon? You got any uh, plans? You guys got to take a break or what's the word? No, nah, we got some something in the works. I mean, we got SP um, 
uh, our starting pitcher breakdown one just just up on the feed now. Uh, part two is coming. Simeon uh, SP Streamer will be coming back for that. And then we have uh, Maddie Wood from FTN coming on soon. Deadpool hitter DePetro. There we have a few guests coming up pretty soon, but uh, it'll be mostly breaking down positional ADP. That's funny. We should talk about these guests more because I think we're having Maddie on uh, January 11th. Are you? Yeah, maybe we'll push that back a little bit. But we are next week. And I think I can say this. We're having on Chris Towers on this very show next week. It's a very exciting moment for us. I've always I love Chris. Chris's humor is outstanding and his taste in music is also fantastic. And he also hated Wonder Woman 84. So we're going to talk about that as well. Not a good movie. Sorry. Not, not a good movie at all. Well, hey, let's cut the crap, boys. It's time for Matt and Carm to get in the Inside Palazzo Studio. Can you feel the intensity? That's right. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of silly things, and that's it. That's how this show goes. It's real simple. All right, let's start with this because it's been on my mind. Uh, We'll go Matt first. Matt, uh, Zach Morris or AC Slater? Zach Morris. Oh, wow. Okay. Carm? Zach Morris. Hey, hold on. Oh, I, I, I'm interrupting probably something I can't possibly interrupt, but has anyone seen the reboot? Not yet. No, I haven't. Not yet. I don't have Peacock. I mean, the plot aside, I mean, it is what it is. You're, you, you like it or hate it. The theme song gives me nightmares. <laughs> Who greenlit that? Is it- Look it up after the show. Oh, my God. What is it? It's like someone on an acid trip wrote this thing. It's the what? same lyrics, but it's, it's – New beat? A very interesting beat. All right, I'll just—I don't want to find it. In, yeah, Mike's trying to find it right now to play. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, so they didn't use the original? No, they should have. Uh, they could have. Same lyrics. Same lyrics. What you the gonna play it? Yeah, play it. I, I don't understand why they would. You have a classic. You know, the Stay by the Cell theme. When I wake up in the morning, you know. It's oh, it's the same. I don't understand why they didn't do that. That now I'm obsessed. I can't find it right now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm paranoid right now. Okay. Blade is the open next week. My head's going to explode right now. I can't believe that they didn't use that song for that. Because I remember watching the trailer and I was jacked. Okay. I'm not going to derail the show. I'm going to keep the show focused. Anywho, what about this, Matt? Ricky Gervais or Steve Carell? Oh, uh, (laughs) Ricky Gervais. I love the original. You know, it, it probably should be Steve. I don't know. I'm giving love to the original. If you're just talking about if I love old office versus new office, they were both good in their own separate way. I know, whatever. I'll go with Steve Corral. I don't care. <laughs> Carm? Steve Corral in a landslide. Hold on. Have you watched Have you watched the old show? Nope. Watch the Christmas special. <laughs> watch the Christmas special. It's funny, but not in a your laugh way, but like in the you're uncomfortable to watch way. Watch the office Christmas special. It's fantastic. There's this part where he goes outside and he sees this woman and he's he is goes horrified. And then she introduces herself and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I had a blind date and I thought you were it. <laughs> and it was it's just just skin crawlingly uncomfortable <laughs> sorry <Send me> away. <laughs> okay uh, all right i gotta play this because i found it so let's hear what this sounds like this is the new saved by the bell song when i wake up in the morning Oh my god. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. That is the... And no, that's not someone making fun of it. That's the real theme. It sounds like the Chocolate Rain guy's doing it. Oh, my God. That was and terrible. you got to watch the video with it, too. Trust me. Watch the video while you... Because that, that was weird. You're right. That was weird. It caught, it caught, it caught, me, off, it caught me off guard. <laughs> Mike, you know who that was. I know he's dead. Rest in peace. But I swear to God, that was Wesley Willis. <laughs> oh man that would be so funny if it was chicago's own car by the way wesley willis uh, do, you, do you know wesley willis is i'm so bad at like things like that <laughs> well, i don't know was, if you call wesley willis real music it's just uh hold on is that the chocolate rain guy no this is oh. the guy who does like uh his casio and he had I don't even know how to describe it. It's just look it up. He presses the demo button on the Casio and sings the song. And he was kind of like, uh, he might have had like some type of instability, but it was like so beautifully awkward. It's it's just so bizarre. You just got to listen to it. Wesley Willis. Check out "Cut Your Mullet" by Wesley Willis. So definitely an interesting song. You know what the horrible thing about that theme is? It's actually kind of catchy, so you can get a horrible, horrible theme stuck in your head. Even yeah, it's an earworm that'll just burn through your brain. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, back to this or that. How about uh, Carm? Curveballs or sliders? Curveballs. Oh. For the Jets. Sl- sliders. Randy Johnson just murdering you with the slider. There we go. I go to bed dreaming about Kershaw's 12 to 6. So, Not Barry Zito's? Kershaw. Credit. He does. Barry's. Curveball, that was all he had. What about Rich Hill's curveball? I mean, that's all he's got. Uh, all right. I guess not. Nobody likes Rich Hill's curveball. Fine. That would just be me. Uh, Matt, Sandlot or Stand By Me? Sandlot. Carm? Sandlot. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Stand By Me is a good movie, though, but I, okay, I understand. All right, it's a baseball podcast. You're really kind of like unfair advantage. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I'm talking baseball people. Sandlot. Sandlot. It's kind of getting a little played out, Sandlot. I think we're going to – it needs to go away for a while. I'm kind of getting a little burned out because everybody talks about it all the time. It's not Maybe actually it's- in my top ten baseball movies, which oh, is probably blasphemy to Carm here. Yeah, that's not uh... – You know what? Maybe top ten, I'm overselling it. It's not definitely not in my top five. How about that? This is like the opposite of you and you, Darvish. You're like, <laughs> oh, I love you. A month later, oh, I'm off you. <laughs> I actually watched Brewster's Millions last week. I tweeted about it. That's a baseball movie. That's not bad. Not I've bad. never, I've never seen it. And when I saw it on Baseball Network or MLB Network, I, I, I like why? <laughs> I never bothered to tune in to find out. I still, what's the tie to baseball? Well, he, they're minor league. Him and John Candy. John Candy's his battery mate, and they're pitching in the minors. And he's like, oh. he went, he got a cup of coffee with the Cubs, Carm. That's why he wears a Cubs jersey in the movie. Interesting. He's minor leaguer, career minor leaguer, and then he gets all this money, and he can. I thought it was. I thought it was a baseball movie like City Slickers was, because like you know, no, no. <laughs> what's his name? There's actual what? baseball action in the movie. It's oh, terrible. is there? Okay, it's terrible, but <laughs> oh, it is terrible. Richard Pryor, not. Yeah, he's not. not he perform. He needs to work on his mechanics. Anyways, he's not alive anymore, so that's a moot point. How about this? Uh, would you prefer bacon or sausage, Matt? Bacon. I don't even want to touch or talk to a person that says not bacon. Watch ah. yourself, Carm. Oh boy. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I mentioned this recently, but maybe to you guys. I told Justin Mason that I don't like bacon and he blocked me. He hated me for that. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing personal. I just prefer sausage links. I love yeah. sausage links. The only time like, hold, are you talking about a, are you talking about Italian sausage or breakfast sausage? 
Yeah, I'm talking breakfast sausage, I think. But all it, it does say sausage, so you could interpret it how you like. A hot Italian sausage is delicious. Well, it's like because they're like completely different things, you know? Yeah, they are. That's why it makes no sense in the show. Yeah. The only time I would take sausage is like on a deep dish pizza. Oh, hell yeah. What's your favorite? Well, I didn't even have this question. Lou Malnati's. Dream pizza, though. What are your pizza toppings? What's on your oh, pizza? Just I, honestly, uh, deep dish cheese and sausage from Lou's. Yeah. Chicago style or just deep dish? Uh, just deep dish. Okay. Chicago style is like a lasagna. So. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm more just straight deep it's dish. A, it's, deep a, it's, a, it's a casserole. It is. Right. It is a casserole. You're right. But it, it's good. All right. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's good. <laughs> no, it's just very, very filling. Very filling. Uh, what about this? Uh, whistling or humming, Carm? Humming. Huh. I don't know. Whistling. Great. Cool. You answered the question. Uh, maple or oak, Matt? Maple. That's a quick answer. I lived on a uh, maple lane, so maple. Hey, all right. Oak gets screwed. Uh, do you guys prefer, if you had the choice, Carm, a comedy or a documentary? Comedy. Comedy. Easy. Oh, wow. You guys both answered quick on that. Okay. Well, you don't rewatch a documentary for fun over and over again. Like, oh, I'm going to go watch, you know, that movie about, you know, I don't know, the building of the Berlin Wall again. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go watch Wedding Crashers. Right. <laughs> I'm laughing because. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I watched a documentary today and. You're on right. the Berlin Wall? <laughs> no, it was worse. It was worse than that. It was about uh, USA Gymnastics. So, yeah, you're right. You don't rewatch those types of things. Yeah. Chris, you couldn't look more interested. <laughs> <laughs> Sausage. Sausage. <laughs> where, where are we? What happened? Uh, <laughs> Matt, khakis or jeans? Jeans. Huh. Jeans. Khakis I work from home, so khakis are, are kind of purposeless for me. Yeah, khakis anymore. Wait, well, wouldn't jeans be too? Because you should be in sweatpants, my man. Or, <laughs> true, uh, true. Well, no, I mean, like, if I have to run out, I'll put on jeans. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to the grocery store, throw on like a polo and some khakis or something, you know? You should invest in some joggers. They're like classy sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what did don't you- they have? Don't they have sweatpants that are like made out of sweat? Sweat? Don't they have jeans that are made out of sweatpants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> they do. Chris, you said who wears khakis? Yeah, who wears khakis anymore? Well, Jim Harbaugh, he wears khakis. Uh, <laughs> it's like one guy. I mean, if you have to wear like people who work at like Circuit City or Best Buy, tar- Target. You know, I, I'm an ass because I have a pair of khakis and I wore them last week. So hey, look at that! Well, it was a trap. Like who wears them? And then we all laugh and they're like, "I wear them, goddamn it!" Yeah, yeah right. I have one pair in my closet. When I was in high school, I always wore khakis. I never wore jeans ever, and people thought it was so weird. But that was the late '90s. It was a different time. Uh, swings or slide, Matt? Would you rather swing on the swings or go on a slide? With slide, Arm? slide because that includes water slides, which are the best. That's oh. what I was thinking. I, I was going to yeah, water slide. Nice. Okay, I'll give you that technicality. But if it was on a playground and there was no water slides, I would go with the swing. Uh, da, 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 da. Matt, Saturdays or Sundays? I mean, I hate going to. I hate. I hate there being a Monday after Sunday, but Sundays seem to be more relaxing. Um, I'll go with Saturday. Eh, you know what? Screw it. Sunday. Sundays are more relaxing. Sunday. Garm, <laughs> there's nothing better than a Saturday morning. You sleep in a little bit. You go on a nice walk, get some coffee, and then you're just like, I have the whole rest of the day, and I don't work the next day. 
Well, no you better go out last because your kid's coming. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such yeah. thing as a uh, Saturday morning for me because I sleep until I'll sleep until like eleven or twelve. <laughs> well, that's your problem. The Matt best part of the weekend is the Saturday morning. Yeah, that's right. Matt knows that I may have. Sometimes I used to sleep till two, three o'clock. Uh, you know, there's no proof of that, but there's rumors. Uh, what about this? Uh, would you guys rather have Bryce Harper or Fernando Tatis? Tatis. Tatis. I mean, yeah. he's fun. Yeah. Harper. I mean, Harper. if Harper was on your team, I'm sure you'd love him. But I mean, he seems like a, a bit of a dick. <laughs> You know, he wants the big Although he does have my, one of my favorite uh, memes. That are, is that a clown question, bro? That was perfect. Oh, yeah. yes. I forgot about that one. But Harper was known to be a fun player. That was what people loved when he came up. He I, played- I think if you said Harper at age 22 versus Tatis at age 22, then, you know, you might get more Harper answers. I think if Harper was on your team, it would be a different thing. But I have not experienced that. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Christopher Nolan or Steven Spielberg, man? Jeez. Uh, I mean, I'll go with Spielberg. I mean, Nolan makes some good stuff, but I mean, Jurassic Park, Jaws. I mean, come on. He's Spielberg. Nolan, uh, he has the best trilogy of my favorite trilogy of all time. So, okay. We got, we got disagreement from you guys. That's refreshing. Uh, a couple more. We'll wrap this up. Uh, what about Scott Boris or Rob Manfred? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather have as your bad? <laughs> I think that says it all. <laughs> we do we literally have to edit that out? Yeah, I don't, we may, yeah. Let's just move. <laughs> Timestamp forty six fifty two. We must edit that out. <laughs> Chris has no idea why. No, I don't. I'm totally uh, lost on this one. Yeah, you're you're better off. Trust me. Okay, good. good. I like it that way. I think with, uh, I think with Boris, yeah, you might get some uh, some money back from you. I mean, Manfred will just take it from you. That's true. I think there's actually some truth to that. Boris uh, will find you a deal. Like, yeah. hold on, what are we saying? Like, either or? Like, for what? I'm being fr- I'm going to out your, to tea to be, with him to be your friend. This <laughs> oh, to be my friend. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd you know you know what? I'd love <laughs> to talk to Manfred because I I know I if he's your friend, I'd actually love to know like. Are you really being threatened by owners? Are you really a dipshit? Like, what's happening, brother? Like, I'd like to know. I don't think I'm getting much out of Boris. Like, yeah, you're probably getting some cash. Yeah. Although he seems like the guy who probably wouldn't get you any cash. Like from uh, you know, you just did your uh, you just did uh, the uh, the your Cinema Nine pod on Scrooged. He's the kind of guy who wouldn't give his son a thing. Like, here's <laughs> five pounds of veal. If you want to go out and get a job and buy a choo choo train, that's Boris. <laughs> I was touched by a gift. <laughs> Matt, if you ended up waking up earlier on Saturdays, I don't think uh, I don't think you'd be paying for any coffee walks with Boris. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> what, uh, Matt? How about this? Uh, Dwight Gooden or Daryl Strawberry? Uh, Dwight Gooden. He was the best. So good. Like that period of Strawberry. The Who doc. Strawberry was a good player, but I mean, no, I'm just saying uh, Doc was like freaking electric. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been one of the greats. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um, then I would have to go with this one. I like the old school one, so I go a little deeper. And maybe this won't make sense to you, Carm, but how about Leon Durham or Steve Trout? <laughs> <laughs> Leon Durham, because he had that ball go through his legs. 
Eddie recovered after that. That's a sign of perseverance, and uh, it's a good story for the people. That's, nice. I that's like actually it. good. That's actually a good answer. <laughs> that's the only answer. <laughs> yeah, really, it's the only answer. Oh, okay. Would you rather have your TV mounted or on a stand, Matt? I'm mounted. I mean, if if someone else does it, that's that's a pain in the ass. All right, well, that's so like I have, if you have the wires like hanging all weird, then who the heck wants that? You can eat them behind the wall, or and I don't even like the track too much. I mean, you got it has to be done. You know, has to be done well. A couple zip ties, you're fine. You can take care of that. Garm, mounted for sure. That's right. I got one mounted right here. And finally, we always ask this for love or money. Carm? Love, of course. Matt? Uh, money, because money can't buy you love, but it can buy you stuff. And I love stuff. Someone finally said money. Thank you, Matt. I'm, for- ki- I'm kidding. That's actually a quote from from somebody. I obviously love. Sounds like a Jerry Maguire quote. It's actually from Will, Dr. Will from Big Brother. No, if we're talking about percentage of people that get that, I don't know, under 2%. But if you get it, you get it, and I hope you're laughing. But you are saying love, then? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, well, the streak remains. All right. Oh, well. I could live with it. Okay, that was Inside Palazzo Studio. We love asking questions to local analysts and friends of ours. Get to know them beyond just the stats and analytics. This is the Palazzo Podcast. Hey, Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're going to break down a little bit of the December Rotofanatic mock draft, and then we're going to get the hell out of here and enjoy our New Year's. So we've done three. We did October, November, and December, and we're going to do a January one, right, Matt? Yes. Uh, Yeah, probably right at midnight because I can't help myself. January 1st. Boom. First pick. I am jonesing. Yeah, I'm getting a little antsy. I'd like to see. But I want to give credit to Carm here. So Carm broke down some of the trends from all three mocks, right? You want to talk about this a little bit, Carm? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, there's there's a lot of movement despite a very slow offseason, especially since this mock was completed prior to the Preller craziness. Yeah, that's true. I... I know that some of these can be construed or mis- misconstrued because certain players get taken, like the Lance Lynn. We were talking about Lance Lynn on the Slack. And doctor took Lance Lynn really high in one of those, so it makes more of a disparity in terms of the other draft. So it's important when you look at these trends that we're talking about to take note of when players get drafted high and low and there's a min-max disparity, it's going to cause more of a... I don't know, dysfunction and what the trend looks like. But regardless of that, I want to talk about, you know, the big move. So Arenado goes down 18 spots. Lance Lynn goes up 30. Uh, Bregman goes down 17. The big one, Lamette goes down 26. That's one of the bigger ones. In terms of these trends, Carm, what stood out to you the most? I mean, I know Pollock goes down 120, but I'm not as concerned about a guy like that because I know that he was actually pretty good in 2020. So there's some value to be had there. But what's your take on this overall trend? What stood out to you the most, Carm? I, I honestly like this. The first, the first guy we you just said, Aaron Otto, like he went at pick 42, but like just inside the top 45 of a historically, you know, first rounder, early second rounder type guy for the last three or four years. And I think a lot of that is driven by him potentially getting traded, which, you know, cause for concern. But I mean, if he's in Colorado, he's probably a back end of the first rounder. And I'm, you know, I'm, I still think he should be like a third rounder, even if he does get traded. I mean, he still has the talent and ability and he certainly would adjust once he left Coors and Charlie Blackman talks all the time about the Coors effect where you still have to adjust your swing when you're on the road. And when you get back home, 
So yeah. it's not like he's not, he's not like he's bad. I think he's still an excellent player. I'm an excellent player. Uh, <laughs> you know, Matt Arenado is somebody I've, I always liked your opinion on Arenado because it, it depends on the situation and the type of league and where we are in the year, but him dropping 18 spots, is that something that would make you very happy or is Arenado someone that you think is overhyped? No, I, I think, I think it's ridiculous that he's fallen this far, but I think it's a couple of things. Like he said, uh, there's, he came off a bad year and people are worried about him leaving, which I'm not as worried, but the problem is right now in the second round, early second, Manny Machado's going inexplicably by himself. And then Arenado's fallen really, really far. And then I'm just talking about the guys with like no steals. And then like two rounds later, a round later, two rounds later, you got um, Rafael Devers and um, Rendon. Anthony Rendon just sitting there. And they're all the same guy pretty much when it comes to the end. So, I mean, I'll take whoever's the latest. If Arenado slips, I'll go there. But I'm fine passing him because I know I can get those other guys later. I mean, he is, has a, the longest track record. So, I mean, I'd much rather have, honestly, of, of the four, I'd probably rather have Rendon or Arenado because I feel the most confident in them to kind of return what I'm hoping for. Um, Devers obviously had some struggles and he gets off to a slow start, but I'd be happy to take him as, as the latest one. But yeah, I don't know why these guys are going so far apart. So I understand why he's slipping for me because I don't care who I get of the bunch. Yeah. You know, third base is a interesting position again. I mean, Jose Ramirez is elite, no doubt about it there. But then... You know, I don't like Adarinato as much as I used to. I'm definitely not buying the Machado hype after this year he had. I know some of the stat cast numbers support it, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, the Bregman I, thing actually bo- actually boggles my mind more just because Ramirez goes first round mainly because of the steals too. You can't find steals at third base. Kind of look look further back in the ADP. You ain't finding them later. It's a spot where if you get third base steals, it's you're really setting yourself up at an advantage in the league that not many people have. And Bregman steals bases, um, so Rendon stealing anymore. I know he didn't steal as much in this this past. I mean, you're, you're getting you're getting essentially not much. I mean, not a negligible amount. I mean, but yeah, I, I think that I think that people are just hating a little too much on Bregman, who I expect to probably bounce back. I mean, he the whole team had a weird year. They were probably getting squeezed by the umpires. Everyone hates them. He was probably putting extra pressure on himself. So there was a lot of circumstances there. It's just he. I'm not searching for him, but I'm just, I am surprised how far he's falling considering he's offering something that other third basemen cannot give you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can live with See, that. no one wants to hop on his bandwagon because he's an asshole. <laughs> but I mean, it's, if you're, if you take the name away. I traded Bregman in my home league, it's a dynasty league, keeper league at the trade deadline last year. And I, I wonder if I'll regret that later. I won the title, but I gave up Bregman. Maybe. What'd you get? Uh, I got a, a whole bunch. I got like uh, – <laughs> You don't pitch- remember. Did you get four it prospects in fact, leagues last year? You don't remember. Oh, you're right. I was in 50 leagues last year. I'm downsizing, though, to best balls and, you know, you know, drafting holds. I'm making – I'm learning a lot from guys like John at MLB Moving Averages. He taught me well, and this year I will not make the same mistake that I made last year by saying yes to every league. Come on, give me, give me, give me. That was regrettable. But I did trade for Kyle Hendricks. I got Zach Plesak, so I do remember that trade. Those, those guys helped me win the title, so it wasn't terrible. There was other pieces, too. Um, I wonder about Patrick Corbin. Now, I heard uh, DVR, Mr. Derek Van Riper. Uh, salute. Excellent. One of the best hosts in the business, according to Matt Williams, by the way, which I agree with. He's amazing. Uh, he said that he's not a fan 
of Corbin. And in fact, even at this value, he still wasn't interested. This was on him and Melchior's, uh, you know, 15 minute podcast on the athletic, which you can find over there on the athletic. What's the interest in this Corbin Patrick of the Washington nationals, uh, pitching up Josh bell offense will pick up. Maybe there'll be some more wins on the table. He dropped 50 spots in our mock. So I want to know, is anybody still buying uh, Mr. Patrick Corbin? I still think he's potentially a top 50 pitcher, which means I would be comfortable with him as an SP4. I think in um, like uh, draft champions or best ball leagues where you're getting rewarded for innings, you know, points leagues, he's going to he's absolutely going to eat innings and his value absolutely rises there. But otherwise, it does seem like he's on the decline based on, you know, the last call it, you know, full half of his career. <laughs> His expected ERA is actually like a half a run worse than his real ERA, which was trash. Uh, his, his ex-Woba count is like 400. Oh, like, do I have it in front of me? Yeah, like uh, 391. I mean, he was truly terrible. Velocity's down. You already had the worry, the Lamette worry of him like just kind of rolling with one real pitch. Um, you know, like a basic two-pitch arsenal. And he outperformed that in Arizona, which people got on board with, but... You know, I, I just think now it's it's too big of a risk. There's other pitchers you can take that um, probably could have a similar ceiling in his in his area. I have a thread dropping on Pablo Lopez tomorrow. I'd much rather have Pablo Lopez than uh, than Patrick Corbin. I think you know with Lopez though there is chance. There's he's probably going to piss piss pitch <laughs> <laughs> pitch quite you know a few less innings than Corbin. So while Corbin might not strike out as many, you know, K per nine, he might have more strikeouts overall. Yeah, well, you might be pissing your draft pick away if you pick him up. That's my opinion on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, Chris, what is your take? Chris, you're on the outside of this, so you got to take a look at the draft from an outside perspective. Some of the risers and fallers, any thoughts on uh, any of these names? Yeah, I mean, just going back to Corbin, I mean, I think he has the potential to be a top 50 guy. Just looking at, you know, pitchers on the, you know, the latest mock you guys did, I mean, you know, you got, you know, at 36, Gaussman, 37, Musgrove, Alcantara at 38, who I actually like. McCullers just can't be healthy or consistent. So I think, I think Corbin could maybe rise above those guys. I mean, is it one of those things that you throw out last year? Obviously, he, has, he hasn't been able to strike anybody out. But you look at those back-to-back -back years in 18 and 19, he had a really, really nice ERA. Uh, but obviously, you probably got to look deeper into the numbers with those. Um, but yeah, I, I, I loved looking at this mock draft. It's, it's amazing just seeing like the amount of just experts that you had that, that was drafting. So I was making my list of what I like and don't like, and there were there wasn't much that I didn't like. There was a lot of stuff that I liked. There wasn't much that I didn't like. So um, it's certainly going to be helpful to look at this as I start to prepare for my leagues. If it was just results, I'd, I'd cause like you were saying, I I'd throw out, I'm willing to throw out bad results, but I think, I think that there's more to it. Like I think that there was injury here. I mean, when you see velocity go down and his, um, his release point was literally all over the place. Usually his curveball was always a little high. Um, but the rest of his pitches are usually pretty much in the same area. I mean, they were very spread apart last year. Just all of those things usually point to there being an injury. Um, I think I said this about there's another pitcher. Oh, that um, Descalfani. Everyone's so excited about him joining the Giants. Same thing. Yeah, his velocity was down. Uh, his uh, release points were really off. It just usually these things end up pointing to injury. And if both of them end up rolling into camp with injury, I wouldn't be surprised. So, 
I think it's a good value. I mean, it's not like you're drafting Lamette or Snell or anyone with an injury history early, so you can take that risk. But with um, p- pitchers already going from this shortened season to a bigger one, I'm just trying to lop off anyone that has like a yellow, red, orange flag, and he's he's one of them. So I guess it's personal preference. You know, I, I got to ask you guys, as I was going through this list, and I, I really liked a lot of the starting pitching. Um, I, I wasn't super high on Darvish being, uh, I think he was sixth overall for starting pitchers. Um, I'd like to hear both of your guys' thoughts on an Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson was 31st, obviously had an electric rookie year, um, but he only pitched 32 innings, uh, looked really good in the playoffs, except, you know, against the against the Dodgers and the ALCS kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, he's a guy through the minors that has always had a really nice K per nine rate doesn't give up many home runs whatsoever um he throws pretty hard what are you guys expecting from ian anderson this year are you going to be able to possibly get 25 26 starts out of him yeah i think um yeah sure i'll go um i've got him pegged right now for like 28 starts but even you know i mean it's it's less about the starts and more about the total innings right like if he eclipses 100 you know 50 innings i would be absolutely shocked um so that that to me leaves a lot of you know potential you know fantasy goodness on the table. Where if you took a guy like Corbin and if he stayed healthy, which you know he might or he might not, Corbin could give you close to two hundred innings. Which you know over the long run that that makes a huge difference. Um, like you said, he's been Anderson's been striking out a ton of guys. His his walk rate, you know, it approaches probably four walks per nine, which you want to see him rein that in a little bit. So the whip might be a little higher than you'd like, but. Obviously, the upside is tremendous, and if you can get him, you know, made just out, just inside the top forty, you know, as your SP three, I think I think that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, he's, I think he's going to have great value at the start of the season, but I think he's going to start to kind of they're going to reel him in near towards the end of the season because obviously the Braves are going to be in the playoffs, and he's going to be one of their horses for the playoffs. So, what do you think, Matt? I mean, I'm actually worried about results. Um, I love Ian Anderson. I, I was begging for him to bring him up for two years. Uh, but his his main weapon is his changeup. You look at his stats, especially his minor league stats. You see all these strikeout numbers. You watch him pitch. Changeup is straight, and it's mainly due to tunneling. He's which is great. I mean, that's a lot of people like you know changeup fastball. A lot of people have dominated through time with that. But his his the movement is not actually that elite. I'm just worried with such a simple arsenal. You know, he had not that many innings this year. That you know he's just he's a young pitcher. He's probably going to struggle. And he's going just a little too high. I, like I wanted to draft him. I'm just stunned at how high he's going. So if I mean, if you want some, like I think I'd rather go if I wanted safe value in there. I'd rather go with like Kyle Hendricks or Jose Barrios, who are not going to have the electric strikeout numbers you're hoping for, but the innings are all lock. You said Sandy Alcantara earlier. Like I, I would much rather sign up for innings and like maybe easier or more production. I can count on more. I just. I think there's a pretty good chance Anderson struggles because he has to be perfect in order to um, in order to succeed. And I think if they're going to keep his start short, if he has a little bit of like a hiccup in the second or third inning, it's he's going to get pulled early and maybe miss out on a lot of wins. So I like I love Anderson, and in Dynasty, I'd be certainly looking to have him. I just think that maybe this coming off of this weird short season, it's going to be it's going to be tough to own him. I think. Chris, let's make uh, Matt a little uncomfortable. All right, Matt, would you rather have Ian Anderson or John Means? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Ian, I, I mean, if you're just giving me to both, I, yeah, Ian Anderson. 
right. I think it's I think it's pretty close personally. Yeah, I do too. That's I mean, well, I guess it tells you everything. Uh, I mean, I think Means will be out there the whole time. I think the AL East is not as dangerous as people remember it being. Um, too. I mean, the Blue Jays are a nightmare, uh, but everyone else is not quite. And depending on how you feel about JD Martinez, we can maybe talk about him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, eh. I, I just like I said, I love everything about Anderson. I just think it's going to stack up in a way where he's just going to be pulled too early. And it's just going to be this weird, just uncomfortable screaming at your, you know, why are you taking him out in the fourth, two, four and two thirds, you know? Yeah, I got him in Dynasty, so I'm looking forward to 2022. Right, right. Yeah. If you draft Anderson, look to trade him, like, at, right in, like, June. Whenever. Yeah, or, 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 yeah, in Dynasty, wait until something bad happens and trade for him. <laughs> look, look to vulture him off someone else. And this is, again, I know I beat this dead horse a lot. Not that I would ever beat a dead horse. Well, I would. I'd beat a dead horse because it's dead. I would never beat a live horse. No, but, you would beat you would beat a dead horse because it's dead. Well, yeah, it's dead. Is that an excuse? Oh, it's dead. I'm gonna go ahead and beat yeah, this horse. Well, I'm not causing any injury, right? But if it was a real live horse, I would never beat it ever. I promise you that. I don't know what I'm saying. I do know this: that I am a fan of Cabrian Hayes, but this Cabrian Hayes Chris Bryant comparison is fascinating to me, and I uh, I don't know where I fall out on this. Somebody posted a poll on Twitter the other day. Hey, would you rather have Brian Hayes or Chris Bryant? And in our draft, they went like right next to each other. Brian Hayes at 129 and Chris Bryant at 131. So, Matt, who would you rather have? Brian Hayes or Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant. Yeah. That's not even good for you. Uh, hey, here, here. Let's not even get into the players themselves, which completely polar opposites. Hayes was is known for his glove more than his bat. Uh, he had like a 480 BABIP. I'm not even making that up. It's like near 500. Chris Bryant has injury history with his shoulder. Key Brian Hayes is now on a team with no other hitters. <laughs> There's no one going to pitch to this guy. I mean, I, I like believe in Brian Reynolds, but he's not exactly like Barry Bonds going to be like forcing people to pitch around him. Hayes ain't seeing a fastball. I mean, that is a bad thing with Bell leaving, and that's literally the only thing I need to know. So this would be a much more interesting conversation. Had the Pirates not traded Bell, maybe, but Hayes is in for some hurt. I feel so bad for the kid. I, I when I think of Cabrian Hayes, honestly, I think of your boy Chris Shelton, just like how he was a monster <laughs> for like a month. Yeah, and then and you didn't hear in April. I brought right. up Shane Spencer on the uh, on another pod, and it's the same kind of thing where they had like the one month of like so many home runs. It's crazy. Yeah, Rule Five pick Chris Shelton. Orange Pop is what they call him. Orange Pop. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, uh, Tom. No, I just, I know, I, people, it's just like, I feel like we fall for the same trap every year where a guy gets hot for three weeks or whatever. And it's like, oh, this guy's going to be incredible. And now you're just drafting him purely, like, without baking in any of the risk of his downside. And you would imagine the scouts, knowing that he's a glove first guy, like, they, you think they would have touted his bat more if what he did the last three weeks to a month was like completely real. Speaking of Josh Bell, he went 140 in this mock. That was pre-trade. He is now a national. How much stock will go up now? How much more value will Bell have? Will Bell crack the top 100 now being a net, or is that too much? Will he be? I think he'll still be. There's a tier where uh, Baum, Goldschmidt, and Rizzo are sitting. He'll yeah. be behind that, like where Eric Hosmer uh, yeah. and Hoskins are kind of going. I think Bell will rise up to there. Huh. I think it's one. 30, 40, 50, one around 150 maybe. Sounds right. Something okay. right there. I, 
I think Bell is going to, I think he's going to mash. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I would be very excited to have Josh Bell in my squad. I've been taking him in the mocks almost every time and getting good value, in my opinion, because I know that he can still hit. I know sometimes he got, he gets a little lazy, gets a little pressed. He, he misses some balls, but there's still great contact there. And towards the end of the season, he always seems to right the ship. Even the, the massive breakout year he had in the second half, it went down, but towards the end, he got back on track. So he seems to have these lulls and that oh, no player can be immune to a lull. Mike Trout, you know, everybody, it happens. So I'm well, not really sweating. I mean, it probably wasn't fun during a pandemic playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates either. So oh, uh, I think he's going to be a little more excited hanging behind Trey Turner and Juan Soto. Oh, yeah. I, I would be buying at his even at 150. I'm not saying I wouldn't buy him. I'm just saying that's where I think his ADP will yeah. go. I, like I said earlier, I fully expect the Nationals to get a upgrade at third base and catcher of some kind. And this lineup is going to be a heck of a lot better than it looks today. So, yeah, get Josh Bell. He's going to be sitting in front of and behind of some people that will be on base to drive in and be driven in. And people will actually throw him balls that aren't breaking balls. Everyone's so worried. He'll see fastballs. It's oh, going to happen. Yeah, you're right. He was 186 ADP right now on NFBC. So this would be a tremendous bump if he got into the 140s. Yeah, this is a big boost for him from where he was. And Josh Bell is behind Christian Walker, which I find to be quite bizarre, but whatever. Even on the Pirates, I still would have rather had him. That doesn't matter. The dead horse I meant Christian to Christian Walker steals. That's probably why. Yeah, I like Walker. Yeah, And also, wait, let's... That, that's another team that was like a cesspool. Like, throw out the Diamondbacks season. Like there's they're gonna they're gonna be better. There's a lot of teams like that. I think there's more than seven or eight of them. The Cubs and the Pirates and the Diamond. But yeah, there's a lot of weird shit that happened last year. Mm-hmm. I truly know that. I know that. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Tell me, tell me the difference between Josh Bell and Jesus Aguilar. Um, well, last year <laughs> they just seem like they just seem like the same guy, and they're getting Aguilar is getting drafted like over a hundred picks later. Uh, well, he wasn't that, in 2019. It wasn't close. So that, no, but in 2018, he was a monster, right? He was, but that's and he why. was good. He was good last year. He was no. He's, re- he's re-signed with the Marlins. He seems like he likes that team. Obviously, not- Bell's going higher. He's probably he's more likely to have the better season. But maybe we're maybe my point is that we're sleeping on Aguilar. Well, the Marlins had tremendous turmoil with the COVID and everything too. And he was able to overcome a lot of that. So you're right. He was solid. I, I still think I need to see it in a, a larger sample size. I really do because we only saw him do it the one time in Milwaukee in 2018. And then he fell off the face of the earth. And next thing you know, he's trading and switching teams like crazy. And now he's with the Marlins where he may feel comfortable all of a sudden. I'm not ruling. Well, just st- stick with the Marlins real quick. Just, you said you loved key Brian Hayes. Um, would you rather keep Brian Hayes or Brian Anderson? Another Marlin. Is that you're, who are you talking to? Uh, Govier. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather. I mean, I'd rather have Anderson. If I if yeah. I miss a certain Anderson. tier, I'm literally waiting for Brian Anderson. He's not going to do what other people are, but you can mark his production in pen, like 250, 260, 25, 30 home runs. Like it's, it's there. It's it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen with Key Brian Hayes. Aguilar didn't hit the ball as hard as I thought he did last year. Uh, you know, I mean, he, the expected stats were decent. I just they don't blow me away. I mean. I, I don't know. I, I have I have doubts about what Jesus, Jesus Aguilar can do in a full season. But Brian Anderson versus Brian Hayes, I think Anderson's the safer play. I know the floor I'm getting with Anderson, so I would probably go with Anderson too. I agree. I agree. But that that's it. If you think Brian Hayes is a stud and he's more than the fielder that he's been labeled as as a prospect, then 
you know, go for it. But I don't want to pay. It's all about not willing to pay a price. That's what all of us, I think, are on the same page, no matter who the player is or what the ADP is. It's all about getting the most value at each position and opportunity, maximizing a complete roster, not making a roster of players 450 ADP and later, right? We're trying to make a roster of players that are the best player <laughs> at that point in the draft while never overreaching or overpaying. I just put out a tweet earlier today. It was, who's on your all boring team? And it is the players that you are you don't feel strongly about, good or bad, um, and you are just indifferent about their ADP. For anyone listening, this is a great exercise. Go look at the thread and research those players. Those are the people you should be targeting. You get good value. They'll all return exactly what you're expecting, like Brian Anderson, and you won't have any blow-ups. So uh, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm going to take Key Brian Hayes, don't. Go take one of these boring people. Take Paul Goldschmidt. He's gonna give you what you think. It's gonna it's gonna be like you know, eh, you know. But it's it's gonna be there. The only argument I would make to that is if you, like you said, target guys who are boring like that. But if you make a whole team full of boring guys, you're going to get fourth place. No, 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 no. You only do that if you're out of play. You know, there's a part you can get excited about a risk taker. But if you're sitting there and you're like reluctant, you know, you hit the button and you draft them and you immediately feel bad. Don't do that. Take take the safe person in that situation. If you're not sure about Hayes and you're not comfortable, you know, go fill. You know, wait for Brian Anderson. Fill a, get a, draft a closer. <laughs> Everybody wants to be first to the breakout, uh, so that's why it's like I don't want to go after the boring guys because you know how am I going to trade these guys? You know, you get a guy that's going to break out, which usually you end up keeping them unless you're Govier and you're going to trade them and make the smart move. But yeah, I mean, you know, Matt's right. Fourth place team if you get those boring guys. That's a great point. I was talking with Zach again from Draft Champions Podcast about this. He said his first year, it was his first year in NFBC, and it was for me too. I never played in NFBC leagues. And the biggest mistake he made, I think I can tell everybody this. Uh, sorry, Zach, if I'm giving away your secrets, but he said he took too many risks on potential, and that's what burned him. And a lot of the guys that did well were the people that stuck to guys who have a high floor, you know? You didn't take too many risks on, oh, that might work out. Because if you have too many of those and then not enough of them work out for you, then you're kind of left there with nothing in 10th place in a 15-team league or whatever. Agreed. We all, yeah. Uh, all right. This is the Plaza Podcast. We're talking about the uh, December. December? Yep. And we're looking at some trends, people who went up, people who went down, people we like, ADPs we agree with, disagree with. We're arguing and we're battling and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I... One one I wonder about the Andrew Vaughn hype. It seems like the Andrew Vaughn hype is slowly creeping up on Twitter. Uh, I know Eric Cross is one of those guys who's really excited about Andrew Vaughn, and I respect the hell out of Eric's opinion. So that's that's a good thing, Eric. But where does he fit in, and what is the value for him in twenty twenty one? Let's start with Carm, the local Chicago guy. What do you think? You know what I mean? Is he is if if the season started today? I think he would be their DH, right? Who else also, is there? Vaughn, the guy who's never had a bat above a ball. I think they. Go, I think they go with someone else personally. <laughs> like Louis Garcia. Squads, you know. Last week. I don't know. I think we revert slightly back to normalville with the minors this year. I mean, I don't think Vaughn's up until Super Two at minimum. But he was and a, I think he was a they college hitter, though. I mean, I feel like he's more. He's ready. No, no, no. I agree with that. But the, they're they're really trying to win. I have to assume they're going to fill Edwin's spot with someone who can hit. They're not going to want to have to rely on. It'd be one thing if there's an injury and, you know, which there's always an opening, right? There always is on teams and you bring them up. But I don't think they're going to open the season 
with the expectation of having to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. I also, is he going to start every day? <laughs> I was going to say put Ingle in left and uh, Eloy at DH. Like, I, but, I mean, I remember all the guys are. I mean, we're, we're we're always talking about Springer and Bauer still being out there. I mean, Schwarber's still out there. Eddie Rosario's still out there. Right. You have so many people that they can just plug in. Um, they'll sign somebody. Yeah. They'll, they'll sign somebody. Yeah. yeah I mean, it won't be Nomar Mazzara, but it'll, it'll be oh, it'll be someone else. That's so funny. I, I, people were really getting excited about Mazar last year. We were making the rounds on the preseason draft type, and that didn't. That was one. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. honest of you. We appreciate that type of honesty. I mean, with hey, Vaughn, he had the like, he had the record for hardest hit ball in the Stackcast era. No more right. Mazar. There it is. That's there what got me right. <laughs> All the gr- ground balls, man. He increased his launch angle every year for the past three <laughs> years. So now it's finally at zero, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, Carm. Oh uh, yeah, Andrew Vaughn is the name that he dro- he went up 110 spots in the mock, so that's a big jump. It, yeah, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? I mean, you could pick him up in June if yeah. you wanted. The he- person who the person who drafted him will, will probably drop him before the person that drafts him is probably not the person who'll end up starting him in your league. Right. Exactly. And TPFBI and the big leagues, 15 team two catcher leagues, a lot of guys that came up, they got picked up that week when Fab rolls. So there's tons of prospects like Scooble and Mize here from our Detroit area, they got called up and then they were they were taken off the wire because there's only so many spots. You can't just leave a bunch of prospects on your bench in leagues like TGFBI. Where's Vaughn going? Where'd he go in our draft? Who? He was the tw- uh, Vaughn, in your last Vaughn. draft, he was the 12th uh, first baseman off the board, I believe, ahead of Sano, Walker. And yeah, I mean, if you're the white, if you're the white really? sex, you can really, really screw up a guy's brain if you have, uh, you know, a guy who hasn't been above a ball who didn't even play at all last year, you know, start on your roster and you know opening day. I think that's really, really risky. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. You guys brought up um, all the Tigers prospects. I need to get your insight. You guys signed Jose Urania. What does that mean for Matt Manning? Hey, why excited. did they call Manning up? Manning to me is like Mackenzie Gore. Why did they call him up? I'm kind of freaking out. I have a dynasty share. <laughs> oh, send help. <laughs> because they're still they're being patient with him. He's going to be the best of the bunch, but they're still being patient because he's just not quite as developed. He doesn't have it just yet. It's a little more patience is being required, even though he has all the pitches he needs. But apparently, he needs more seasoning, quote unquote, and uh, no minor yeah. league player hurt him. Well, I think who's going to really start? A- I mean, are, are they definitely putting Scooble directly in? I mean, he looks like he probably could do for a maybe uh, going and working on his his plan. You know, his Lance Lynn blueprint a little more. Um, or I don't know. I mean, I, w- I would still assume Matthew Boyd looks sharp in spring training. You guys might try to ship him out of town, um, if but you know, depending. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do you, I mean, seriously, you guys' thoughts like what? Who uh, who is your starting five if the season starts? I think it's Turnbull, Mize, Scooble, Scoobles, probably, probably your four, Urania. You didn't say Boyd yet. Oh, I don't even want to talk about Matt Boyd. (laughs) Well, Matt Boyd, they need to pump him up because they want to trade him, just like they always eventually want to trade him. And he'll be better. I'm not abandoning Boyd. He's always going to give up bombs, and there's going to be blow-up games. But he's certainly not somebody who would be like my – he wouldn't be in my top six starters on on a roster in terms of a fantasy roster at all. What but. would his stats be if Tim Anderson didn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd still be walking everybody and throwing everything into the dirt. God, I, just, I, 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 turn on, I was convinced. I, someone someone convinced me. 
several people convinced me last year that Matt Boyd was going to come back. And I, I was off the board and I let other people convince me of a guy on my own team to buy in. And I bought in and he was dropped within four starts. <laughs> He's great in draft champions because you guys just leave him out there. <laughs> I think I think Scooble's actually going to. See, this is why things get complicated, Matt. You just talked about the fact that we don't know who is going to sign where and what holes will be plugged in. We have no idea how many games are going to be played and what the minors is going to look like. There are a lot of unknowns. That anybody's going to try to tell me different like they know, it's full of shit. I don't buy it. Well, I didn't know how they felt about him just because I love Scooble, um, but you know, because of because of his arsenal, if it's not right, he's going to get hammered and hammered and hammered because he's just throwing fastballs. Right. Um, so I didn't know if they wanted to have him, you know, lit up, kind of like leaving a quarterback out there with no offensive line, or if they wanted to just sign a boring uh, veteran just to kind of let him season up a bit. I just uh, I don't know what the plan is. You guys know better than I do. Like well, I don't know. Over if- is going to be a bigger part of the plan in twenty twenty one too. So. He's going to pitch more as a starter than this kind of in-between coming off injury thing he did in 2020. So who did you just mention, Mike? I'm sorry. Fulmer. Mr. Fulmer. Oh, God, I completely forgot about Michael. Oh, yeah, Michael Fulmer. I, uh, I have him projected that's, for like 15 starts or something yeah, before he gets right. injured. I'd, I would take the over on the 15. I definitely would, unless there was a major injury, which well, I, I don't think there's, there's any. He hasn't even been injured for like the last three years. Well, I mean, he had the Tommy John. He had the major. Yeah, that was a huge injury. Yeah, the Tommy John. He came back last year and was more of an, a mid-relief, you know, kind of opener. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I think they were gearing him up to be 2021, more more of like what you said, Carm, of like the 15, 16 starts. Yeah, and, you know, he looked all right. There was moments. He, he also lost with – I know I don't even want to go down the road of he looks great in spring training or he's like, you know, in shape for spring training. I'm not trying to say that. But he truly did get in better shape. I watched – when I was doing those quality start videos every day, I would watch a lot of video, trying to pick videos to find to put into the videos. And he lost like a, a legit amount of weight and got in better shape to come into 2020. That's a positive. And if he keeps doing that, Michael Fulmer is a you know, he's a rookie of the year. He he was a former Met, right, Matt? I mean, there was some potential there and it's not all lost on me yet. I don't love Fulmer, but I could see him being a guy who's like a back end rotation for your fantasy team. Until he rolls out of you have four options for rookie of the year on your current roster. Why not just start them? I can't believe we're talking about the Tigers. Willie Willie Castro me. got robbed. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, Chris. Everyone loves Mr. Castro and the uh, ro- roster. Roster resource has uh, uh, mm-hmm. Boyd. Boyd is one. Turnbull Fulmer is your three. Uranian Scooble. They actually don't have Mize in your rotation. Yeah. See, I don't buy That's that. Hilarious. It's all over the place depending on where you look. Yeah. I mean, I respect roster resource, and we. We use them just like religiously, but I still believe Mize would get the nod. If it was between Mize and Scooble, I believe it would be Mize. I just I do too. Yeah. You never know. Maybe they put Uranium in the bullpen because that is where he belongs. Yeah, <laughs> you're it's a signing that just makes you want your head explode. Like when they signed uh, Ivan Nova. I was about to say Ivan Nova. <laughs> you know why they do that? They do that every year. Like, oh, we got to bring a veteran. Maybe he can get three, four starts until yeah. we bring some kids up. You speaking of the all boring team, Ivan Nova is like the captain of that team, and he's not even good though. That's at least you got rid of Jordan Zimmerman's contract, right? Oh my god! Can we just talk about the? Can we just talk about the Tigers for the rest of the show? When's Torkelson coming up? (laughs) Why are we talking about Andrew Vaughn? When's Torkelson coming up? (laughs) I wish it was immediately. (laughs) You're listening to the Tigers breakdown. What would they call it? Tiger talk. That's what they call it on the. uh, Well, we'll do one when we get the Motor City Bengals guys on. 
uh, I love those guys, but the Tigers bum me out. So let's move forward from the Tigers. Talk about a couple more things. We'll get the hell out of here. Brian Reynolds in round 20. I love that pick, and I completely agree with anybody else who likes that pick. I'm big on Brian Reynolds' bounce back. I don't think I have to talk Matt into that. I think Matt is with me there. Uh, any any challenges to that? No the challenges. Josh, the Josh Bell thing really screws with screws the whole thing. But I've, I've talked about him a lot. His, his plate discipline is identical. Everything is identical. His BAPIP was just really low, and no one pitched to him because he's on the Pirates. That, unfortunately, isn't going to change, but he's the same player he was. Boring player. Fine. Yeah, That's boring. Neat. Death by a thousand paper cuts. I tell everyone that is how I draft. I get my I get my stolen bases in globs. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Matt, and, and you I'll say just... that Matt, you're on so many podcasts and you say that all the time. I literally look at my fingers looking for paper cuts now. Every time you say <laughs> oh, that, that's too bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did the same thing. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon juice. Now I'm putting that in your mind. Oh, oh my god. I wonder about this. Let's talk about this pick. So, this is, oh my God, the guy talking about literally beating horses to death over here. <laughs> At least they're dead, though. Uh, did, that, did I say that? I don't remember. Uh, Jorge Montanez, Mr. George Montanez, my pal, Roto Nino on Twitter. He took Nate Lowe in the 27th round, pick 321. Now, I believe this was after that trade. Yeah, that was like five minutes after. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Like, yeah, because we do like everyone on the clock owns him now. <laughs> when that trade went down, but I, I would go higher than three twenty one. I, I, I like Nate Lowe's skill set. You don't have to question that. I don't have any doubts about his abilities and his potential. Uh, he can steal bags too. In fact, he really helped me out in the league in September by stealing bags. Nate Lowe is a guy that could creep up to the two fifties or higher, or is there too much confusion with the Rangers roster to make that kind of leap? I when he first got traded, I said he should be bumped up to 175. Um, he hasn't gotten there yet, but I like not in that. <laughs> we were talking about that tier of Hoskins, like not there, but below. Um, like after the surefire, after the Walkers are gone, I think Lowe should be going right after there. Uh, Hosmer should be off the board. Everyone like, but he, I'll take him. I'll take him over Joey Votto. You know, I mean, I'll take him oh, over yeah. guys like that. Like if you're getting into that territory, he should certainly be going. If enough people listen to this pod tonight, Matt, he will be up to 175 within two weeks. <laughs> Matt, would you take Nate Lowe over Trey Mancini? Wow. That's tough. I mean, yeah, I probably would. I I don't know That's what to expect. Yeah, yeah, it's not really yeah, it's not fair. Um not I, fair. I don't I don't I don't know what to expect. Right. Well, so I to- mean I'm literally I'm literally it's a guess. You make me feel bad for picking against him. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's not an insult to Trey. Trey, we used him healthy at colon cancer is awful, and he's on the mend, so he's going to be back in the big league soon enough. But I mean, that's a huge thing to come back with. I just don't think we should underestimate it. I don't think anybody does. But Nate Lowe is also an up and comer, and Trey Mancini had incredible numbers from a power perspective. We just don't know that they'll be there. What about you, Carm? I mean, the one thing you didn't talk about, Mike, is, you know, you obviously talked about all the pros, but like the con is, is that the Rays traded him and the Rays just fleece people <laughs> left and right. That's the scary part for me. Um, okay. I did some digging on roster resource. I'm trying to figure out exactly where they have him projected in the order. Um, but I mean, all right. So he is one sec. Dun, dun, dun. All right. He, he's probably going to bat like fifth. By the guess, which is fine. They, st- I'm probably going to re- regret saying this. They have still have Ronald Guzman. Like, 
is he going to factor into his playing time at all? Like who the Black heck? Knows other- <laughs> they, they gave up quite a bit to acquire him. Um, so I think Lowe is pretty safe. Okay. So I haven't plugged in for 500 plate appearances right now. I probably need to bump that up 50 to 75 more. And then I could see, I could see taking him in that 175 to 200 range. Like his min right now is 255. Um, he is and his current ADP is like 325. So it's hard because his max is 463. But at 255, that puts him up to where um, Ryan McMahon, Heimer Candelario, um, and right behind where Rowdy Telez and Hunter Dozier is going. So I think that's probably appropriate-ish because right above there you have Walker, Sano, and Bell. Bell is now jumped up to a min of 170, around 190. So he's actually pretty much where I thought he'd be in recent in recent drafts uh, for NFBC. So he's moving up, but yeah, uh, currently um, people are still taking him behind Aguilar, Flores, Tommy Listella, Bobby Dalbeck. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you know, you're right. Ronald Guzman's still there, Carm. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm not really fearing Guzman. I'm, he just hasn't gotten the job done. And Greg Bird. What if Greg Bird comes back? I just keep on. I want to see Greg Bird on a roster. I just think that'd be funny. Where Where would you guys feel comfortable taking low? Like not as your obviously not as your first baseman. Would you feel comfortable with him as your starting corner, or would you would he have to be bench? I I would be comfortable with corner starting. I would. But that's me. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I, I, would, I mean, you're talking, I would, you're talking what twentieth round here. Yeah, I mean, I would I would feel the need to grab a corner backup pretty quickly like i would probably want to 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 hammer down there i do like candelario i know i don't know how you guys feel about that if i could get travis arno someone like that if he still has first base eligibility that'd be cool like i have a list of uh hang on, i'm gonna look this up i i looked i had a list on um like a bloom board of sorts on twitter where i looked up hitters and it was just everyone who had a above uh above average um Z contact, which is, you know, for everyone listening, that's just your contact within the strike zone. So you're making high contact within the strike zone and uh, above average O swing. So you're chasing outside of the strike zone way less than the average major league hitter. And you had a barrel percentage above 10%. And um, it was only 11 hitters. I'm trying to find the list. Here it is. Only 11 hitters better than MLB average Z contact O swing and a barrel percentage above 10%. Juan Soto. Mike Trout, Freddie Freeman, George Springer, Michael Conforto, Paul Goldschmidt, Jose Ramirez, and then there's Will Myers, Candelario, Kyle Seeger, and Evan Longoria. Um, there's different reasons to to you know dislike some of the weird ones, but th- I mean that's a pretty elite group to be on a list with for how late he's going. So I mean I don't know I, I I'm still for how late he's going. That is if you can get like let's just say you you put those skills together and you have a high BABIP season. You know, you're going to get some pretty amazing return on investment there. So those are interesting names to keep an eye on. But those are guys that make contact in the zone at a high rate, and they yeah, bar- do not swing outside of the strike zone. And when they make contact, they barrel it over ten percent. Only eleven hitters in baseball. I can't believe Will Myers was on that list. He swings yep. at everything like above the numbers. This was so- this was this was 2020 only. So I mean, he had a uh, he had a solid year. This is um this is Steamer's projection for low. 23 homers, 135 combined runs at RBI, two stolen bases, and a 259 average. To me, that seems fair. And I think he would probably be towards the back end of a starting corner for me. But if he ended up being my starting corner, I wouldn't be freaking out about it. 
I think the steals are too low. Plus, the Rangers run a lot. I really think that's a low projection. All right, Govier. So he had four steals in the minors since 2016. He did. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, I, stole, he stole one in 2020. Mike, you're thinking of Sidney Lowe. <laughs> you're thinking of Derek Lowe. Tonight, <laughs> could one stolen base just have been so impactful on me in like a playoff? Are you thinking of like Brandon Lau? Your head no, I, I did not have Lau. I picked up Nate Lowe because I needed a first baseman. Because I sure it wasn't him. Dylan Moore. <laughs> oh, I love Dylan Moore, but I traded him too. I traded Dylan Moore. I traded Ryan Mountcastle, and I was stuck with Lowe for a minute. Uh, whatever, fine, <laughs> fine. Maybe I'm still staying. I'm still staying with my opinion, though. I think he's a worthy starting corner. Eric Cross thinks he's going to hit 280 with like 30 home runs. Yeah, there you go, Eric, my main man in Maine. Telling, I will, like I will say that's the thing. We're low, though. Like, I think that is a fair. What Carm said, I think that is a fair projection. But the other people you were taking around there are probably have similar projections. But low has a ceiling that the others do not. So that would be the allure of low. Of low. I'm gonna say yeah, low. What, <laughs> what is he? 25, 24. He's still young. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. He's 25 year old man. He is. 25. Bingo. There you have it. It'll right, be 26 in July. I mean, you're choosing between him and Jesus Aguilar. That's who he's going right next to. I mean, I'm not taking Aguilar. What about Jared Walsh? Yeah, I'll he, take. Go ahead. No, I'm not taking Jared Walsh. Yeah. yeah I taking. actually listened to the Cork Stats podcast this morning while shoveling some snow, and Spore was pointing out um, he had an excellent 2020, but an even worse 2019 and similar samples so it's like what do you believe uh i don't buy it at all but jared walsh you know same thing randy rosarina effect he came on the scene kicked ass in october august and september and people said hey give me some of that i'm gonna waste everyone's time for 15 more seconds he's not available first base unfortunately which would make this a lot more palatable but i'm gonna have miguel cabrera shares uh he hit the he actually hit the ball hard last year i i think that he can I think that, you know, you'll have to be, you know, he's not your starting anything, but for a bench and like a DC, I think he has one more like, hey, by the way, I'm Miguel Cabrera season in him where he, he could like, you know, have a few uh, have a few nice weeks. So I'm going to have some shares because, you know, he's he's had a lot of time because of COVID and everything where he hasn't have put the wear and Terry typically does. I think he can show up healthy and he actually was hitting the ball rather hard. If you look at his stack has page, it, he, it's, it's more impressive than you think. Yeah. And he's going, I mean, it, it will not cost you much. He's going very late, but just, I wasn't sure if you guys, you know, were watching him when you noticed, but when I no, dug I mean, into he, him, he came into the season last year in probably the best shape he had been in, in a really, really long time. And I remember that first spring training, a game, it, uh, spring training game against uh, the Yankees, he took cold to center field, and it was the longest I had seen him hit a ball in a long while. And I'm like, he might still have something left. So, yeah, you can get him way, way deep down there. So, yeah, uh, I would not be opposed to getting a few shares for him late. Yeah, I think his EV was like 93. His uh, hard hit was over like 50%. I mean, he was wow. his barrel his barrel percentage was like 11%. I mean, he looked he was he was doing. That's that's impressive. Yeah, he had some uh, moments too, some big power games that showed up without CJ. I thought CJ Crone was going to be the guy who would really help him out, but he did it without him when he went down with a knee injury. So, yeah, you're right, Matt. There's some possibilities there. That's not a bad hey, choice. Ten, 10 home runs in a 60 game season. <laughs> yeah, right. It costs you nothing. Yeah, that's definitely. Have, have you accounted for them playing all eight field, all seven fielders in the outfield though? Because he's so slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, that's the thing. Who? 
Who was the first team that did that against them last year? It'll be like RBI baseball. Or when that happened, it's like it's over. You can throw them out first base. So. Everyone except the first baseman is on the grass, if I recall. Maybe even the first baseman. Um, about I everyone, everyone listening, though, can Miguel Probrera, top 9% of the league in hard hit percentage, top 3% of the league in exit velocity. Miguel Cabrera. Plus, it's fun to root for him. Draft Miguel Cabrera and draft champions. I'd like to see him keep his walk rate at double digits at least. Uh, he was nice. te- it was 10.4 last year. Yeah, so that's, that's nice. That's- you're right. But in 136 games in 2019, it was 8 7. But I'm scoring. He needs to be at least on second base. There's no way he's scoring from first base. You're right. Oh, if you're counting on, uh, you know, two, he's not he's not handing you over 200 runs in RVIs. The at bats aren't going to be there. But if he's going to DH, they talked about putting him at first, but if he's going to DH, they can keep him healthy enough. You know, he, he hit 282 in 2019 after hitting 249 in 2017. Those are both. The, those are 130 game plus seasons for him. So the fact that he hit a lower average in this brief season doesn't mean that he's gonna he's done because he hit 249 three years ago. So 290, 291 expected average expected average by the way for uh, yeah. 2017 he played through injury the whole year and I can't even believe they did not shut him down earlier. He had core problems, he had back problems. Obviously his his legs are shot, so I I think he can get better than that. I don't know if anyone's a masochist, but if you play in a daily league, which I do, I have a daily. I, I love daily leagues, uh, but you cannot do many of them. Uh, but uh, the um, yeah, Miguel Cabrera is someone you I obviously definitely love. <laughs> so because you can afford to take them in and out of the lineup. Yeah, I definitely play in it. My home league is a daily league. That's how we. That's how we grew up. I, that was all we ever knew when I started. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right. Let's get, let's get the hell out of here. We could talk about Miguel Cabrera for hours. We got deep in this podcast. We went way deep. I want to thank my fellows from rotofanatic.com, Carm and Matt, for coming on the show. We're very excited about the Data Monster. Don't forget, all these players that we talked about, we could plug them all in. We could do Data Monster breakdowns on Miguel Cabrera, uh, Nate Lowe, anybody that we talked about, Cabrian Hayes. It's all available at your disposal. Dylan, Dylan Moore? Of course, yeah. Who wouldn't want to talk about Dylan Moore for half an hour? Nick Dylan Moore. Moore. Nick Moore. Nick Moore. <laughs> I forgot Sorry, about that. No, that's funny. Nick Moore. Uh, Nick Moore. Nick Moore was a Toledo wide receiver who caught like 20 balls against Michigan in like 2008. And <laughs> there was this running loop of the broadcaster, Frank Beckman, just Nick Moore, Nick Moore, Nick Moore. So, yeah, Michigan sucks. Anyways, uh, check out roadfanatic.com, Data Monster. We got great stuff coming up. Turn two podcast with Matt. Listen to them. The Plaza Podcast, now part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. We'll have a new logo and everything. And I'm really excited about it. Carm. Tell people where they can find you and uh, what to look forward to in early 2021. Absolutely. You guys can find me at Carms Clubhouse on Twitter. Uh, I'm doing some stuff with Paul Mamino. 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 Why can't I ever say his name right? About um, basically barreled barreled, um, barreled rates on fastballs from 18 to 19 and 20 combined and looking at the increases in those barrels and seeing really who sticks out, who can maintain those gains. You got some twins on there, so that'll be interesting to do a deep dive on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Matt, what about you? Find me on Twitter at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. And you can follow Turn 2 Podcast at Turn 2 Podcast. Pretty much as basic as it gets. Yay, baseball. I cannot. I can't wait for football to be over. I used to love football. And I don't know what happened. A switch in my mind. And I'm just like, people are talking about football on Sunday. I'm like, I don't. I want to mute everything. I just want to talk about baseball. Baseball needs to come back. Yay! Matt finally turned to the proper side. Good for you, man. You saw the light. Football is... I like watching games or... I don't know. It's just not what it was anymore. It's a sad day in the NFL. But hey, don't forget... 
I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> don't forget, and you forget. That was classic. <laughs> Uh, I promised uh, Russell Withers on Twitter that I would play this drop, so I hadn't played it yet, so here we go. Nice, Bieber. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. There you go, Russell. That was by request on Twitter. Of course, if you have any comments or suggestions from Twitter, you can DM Palazzo Podcast or me, MJ Gobi, and email the show, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. 2021 is going to be huge. Next week, Chris Towers will be live on this show. We're going to be bumping and grinding and going toe-to-toe on fantasy baseball players, Wonder Woman 84, and so much more. I'm really excited to have Chris on the show. It's it's our first foray with new guests, big guests, all preseason long. We'll be talking to all kinds of different people, Alex Chamberlain, uh, uh, so many more. we got a lot of people lined up, and I'm really, really excited to bring you guys quality content that will be useful for you and your fantasy teams in 2021. And Chris, tell people where they can find you. Don't forget. CDRA 99. There it is. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, We will talk to you next week with Chris Towers. Thanks for being on the show, guys. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.